Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Scopophilia. We are the millennial movie movement, and I, of course, am your host, Becky Teller. Back at it with a brand new season for you. We are already on episode two, and we are just, it's just going and going and going, and we have amazing guests coming up, including today. Uh, But first and foremost, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Are you feeling okay? Good. I'm glad. Well, you look great. It's amazing. I mean, a couple months away truly does make the heart grow fonder, especially over here. I have missed doing these episodes, and it is so great to be back doing these again and talking about some amazing films, including today. Because not only do we have the incredibly talented Morgan J on the show comedian, musician, all of the amazing things that he does. If you are unfamiliar with his work, do yourself a favor and follow him on social media because you will not be disappointed. And not only that, but we also are talking about an incredible movie, which is the film Once. Now, Once is an Irish film. It is a low-budget film, but the music is absolutely incredible. And you'll notice that instead of taking actual dialogue clips from the film, I've actually just over like overlaid the music from this film in my favorite spots in this interview, which was so amazing. And it's a different kind of vibe for the show, but I think it all kind of works together, which is pretty great. Um, so I will stop talking now. And without further ado, my interview with Morgan J about his favorite film, Once. Enjoy! Scopophilia is the newest thing to hit the market. Defined as deriving aesthetic pleasure from looking at something, it's the new craze sweeping the nation. Taken in large doses, side effects can include an addictive nature to have more film content. If this increase occurs, consult no one and keep listening. Scopophiliacs, and welcome back to another episode of Scopophilia, the podcast. And this is going to be a fun one because we have the hilarious musician, comedian, Morgan Jay on the show today. And so first and foremost, hi, how are you? How are you doing? What's going on? I'm doing great. It's your boy, Morgan Jay. I'm sorry. I had to do it to you. What's up, everybody? It's me. It's Morgan. It's good to I be love here. It. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming on. First and foremost, yeah. you are you are in L.A. or California somewhere? I'm in sunny Los Angeles. Sunny paradise. Los Angeles. It looks beautiful out. How's the weather? 72 and sunny and perfect. I mean, Oof. there's nothing wrong. It's literally, wow. I mean, for a place that suffers from wildfires, earthquakes, drought, tsunamis, <laughs> it's surprisingly nice here, you know? It, it looks like, I mean, it is wet and snowy and very cold oh, here boy. in South even, Jersey. I, I'll never, <laughs> never again live there again if I, unless I absolutely have to. I'm literally working on, on um, the, the show idea and I'm like debating whether, where to, where to like set it. And <laughs> the one of the, it's either between like Newark or mm-hmm. uh, Brazil. 
uh, but logistically one is easier than the other <laughs> right. and way less nice. So um, just because I'm Brazilian and Newark has a crazy Brazilian population and right. the show will kind of delve into like my cultural heritage kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, anyway. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, for people who maybe don't know your name, tell us a little bit about what you do. Because I'm, I, as I said before we started recording, I'm a fan and I uh, found you on TikTok. Thank you so much. Of course. So tell us a little bit about what you do. I do music and I do comedy. I use a guitar. I did stand up for about six years b- before picking up the guitar. And um, it's been nine years later and two albums that are published. And then I have another album that I'm ready to record and film this year. You know, um, maybe like 40 or 50 songs later. Um I, I perform live. Live is where I thrive. So, you know, if you found me on TikTok, uh, know that the live performance is just the way more visceral experience. And my whole thing is making the the show unique for people watching. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I think with normal stand-up, you know, you tell your jokes, people laugh, you tell your jokes. But uh, I don't know, partway through the journey, I uh, discovered that People like to be involved. They like to, they like to, it, I don't want to say they like it to be about them, but they uh, like, you know, you want to make a memory for them at the end yeah. of the day. No, for and sure. And whether they remember the song or the jokes or whatever, you you want to just have them be like, remember when Mike got called out by the guy with the guitar? Right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't remember what, what the frick I said, you know, so <laughs> that's kind of no, what I do. So. I love it. And I like I said, I I found you on TikTok and was just like instantly into it mm-hmm. and was like, and it's so kind of different. You see a lot of, I think, comedians who do like prepared songs, but I don't think yeah. you see a lot of like improv musical comedy, which I yeah. found really like fun and refreshing. So that was, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I, it's funny you say that I have this, I have an audition today for tonight for JFL. Do you know what JFL is? Or the Montreal Comedy Festival? No. JFL is like the um, Sundance for comedy. Oh, okay. Like the South by Southwest for stand-up and comedy. Ooh. And it takes place in Montreal in July. So, you know, to audition. I don't know. It's it's a whole thing we can get into, but I'm auditioning for tonight. So it's like, I only get five minutes and five minutes, I can barely even get started with five minutes. Right. And so I am going to do a prepared song and it's a new one. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Oh, but I appreciate I mean, you saying that you're gassing me up, so it's giving me confidence <laughs> for later tonight. You know what I mean? Of course. Well, that's yeah. why. I mean, I'm a fan. That's why I asked <laughs> my asked my team to get you on here. So yeah, we're excited it. to have you here. Yeah. And I I said, you know, what kind? What movie does he want to watch? And I never know. I was like, maybe it'll be a comedy. I don't know. Like, I mean, something. real talk. I wanted to just pick like a Marvel movie because I love Marvel. <laughs> but then I was like, let's just go a little bit deeper. What movie? Let's think about a movie that like you always think about and reference, and mm-hmm. you know. And so that was the movie that I picked. And it, and it's a fast watch, and it was like nice to rewatch it again. Absolutely. I mean, I'll be real with you. We'll get into the table, but like within five minutes of the movie, I was like crying. <laughs> right. It's well. So so you picked once, which is two thousand seven. Had you seen it? Been, I had seen it. Once. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I think I saw it back in like 2016. I was in yeah. film school at the time. That's all I remember. And I was like, oh, revolutionary. And then I haven't right? watched it since. And so you, you know, kind of looking deeper, but was there anything else about this movie that you were like, yeah, this is the one I want to talk about? Well, 
you know, I want to make a movie like that. Or, mm. uh, you know, I'm so close to writing music and putting music in my act. And and um, I think the the movies that involve music that I connect with the most, most music doesn't feel contrived and it's part of the plot. So, like, mm. I'm not really into, like, movie musicals outside mm-hmm. of a couple. Like, you know, the original West Side Story, I really love. Mm, you know, yeah. I didn't see the mm-hmm. new one yet. Um, but I love the original West Side Story. I think it's really beautiful. Um, despite all the things that are problematic from that of time course. period, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> still a really beautiful movie. Um, but the, the, the movies that, and the shows that, that, that find a way to incorporate music into the story, like, for example, uh, what's a good one? Uh, I had a, a huge list of, of things, but one of them for, oh, The Wedding Singer. Amazing oh, movie. Perfect example. Movie. Perfect example of like, Obviously, like they, you know, they do covers and things like that. But the way the last song in the movie is is brought in, it's like so beautiful. It doesn't feel like yeah. a musical number. It feels like part of the story. She wins him. He wins him. Her over. Um, Dave, the TV show Dave, is a really good example mm-hmm. of that. Um, you know, a movie that I reference is actually Franco Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet. I don't know if you've oh, ever wow. seen that. I, but there it's is been a, a long time. <laughs> but there is. A, a, yeah, so a long time ago, my sister-in-law got me a book of like 500 films you must watch, and that was one of them. So I, coincidentally, the lead girl also underage in that movie, and like they showed nudity in that movie, which is kind of odd. But, <laughs> but what I wanted to talk about was like there's a scene where they have their first kiss and palm to palm, palmers do touch. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've seen the movie, but, but the song that the, the guy is singing throughout the whole scene like he goes into the verse and then kind of fades away, but the music is still playing. And like that backdrop, like just makes the scene so beautiful. And I don't know, I, I love that stuff. Um, there's other movies that I'm all of a sudden I'm blanking on, but but when it's not contrived like that, I, I just love that. Like, uh, like, you know, Straight Outta Compton is a good example, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You're, obviously, we're reliving these songs that they wrote. Um, I never saw Mamma Mia. Is Mamma Mia like that or is it like full music musical? Mamma Mia number? is full, full musical musical number. number. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figure. But but it, it like pulls all the music from ABBA. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like uh I really like that. And I and I went to theater school and I remember going to plays and I remember going to watch musicals. And I'd watch musicals and I'd be like, what are we doing, guys? What is this? <laughs> We're singing, we're dancing for what? Why, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not knocking because some musicals are great. I, I love the producers when I saw it on Broadway. When oh, I was, in, yeah. Uh, I think I got to see it with Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane. Ooh, and, very nice. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, I just love the way the music was incorporated, and and just the way that it tells their love story, and yeah. also a be- kind of a beautiful love story too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. It's like, yeah, so I I just love that, and and it's something that I strive to. I would love to make something that's as heartwarming and lovely as that, you know, absolutely. for the same budget too. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's it's very natural and it's very real, and that was one of the first love notes that. that I wrote about it <clears throat> was that like even the camera, because like even though it, the camera was probably like a budgetary thing, it was like a VHS tape. It was like a VHS. It's like a documentary. Like you're watching. Shaking. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 the and you know to, speaking of, speaking to that the acting was so I don't know what the I mean you know he was a musician so I didn't know he was actually in a band called the Frame so I didn't know you don't know, you don't know if musicians are really going to translate and but I mean it was just the acting was so subtle and so small and just like, yeah so and I love that hyper realism kind of stuff 
I love that stuff. Same. Slice of Life type. Of, I almost picked Before Sunset or one of those three films. You know, Before oh, Sunset. Before. I haven't seen those. You haven't seen those? No. Oh my God. <laughs> Rebecca. <laughs> you gotta, I, well, I mean, if you liked this. Yeah. Um, I think you'll like those movies. Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and After Midnight or Before Midnight or something. I'm writing it down The right third now. one was done like several decades later, but. Uh, and I think that's Richard Linklater who does those. I want to say, but those are an, those are another example of like, um, I'm just typing in uh, of movies with like hyper realism and mm. that do so little. Before Sunrise, budget 2.5 million. Director Richard Linklater. It's just like really beautiful, like a really simple love story, and same kind of, same kind of thing like ships passing in the night, people just getting together and. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, and I, I do like Richard Linklater and all the stuff he does. All his like, all his stuff is very like hyper realistic, you know. Yeah. I think the movie that I the the, the last movie I saw from him was I think Everybody Gets Some. Hmm. Let me see. What was the ever Boyhood was dope. Do you know the the story behind Boyhood? I know we're getting um, off topic here. The- <laughs> I mean, I remember hearing all the hype about Boyhood, and I did sit down and watch it because of all that hype. Yeah, and it was it was it was okay, and it was, it was I just thought okay. it was a really interesting and fascinating kind of piece of work, you know. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. So then, let me ask you: for people who haven't necessarily seen the movie, what would you say is kind of like the shortest synopsis you could give about it? You know, two people who are struggling to make ends meet uh, in a world that doesn't really care about them find each other and create a really special bond through music. Perfect. Absolutely. I didn't say fall in love, even no. though I think love was there, but music, they created this very special bond through music that I think words can't really, like just normal words couldn't express. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And yeah. it's very, it's very kind of like a, a natural meet cute, like rom-com yeah. moment, but it's very subtle and it's very much like they just kind of have this instant connection of she's listening to him play music. Yeah. And that's and I, really it. I think also culturally, it kind of just speaks to the vibe that like people in Europe kind of have. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing would, I don't feel like would ever happen in America. People would be really suspicious. But in Europe, like people are, first of all, people are incredibly supportive of the music scene. I know so many people who moved to Europe and did music out there and became a big success out there. Like people go out and support the music scene, which, I, which is what I like about it because you couldn't busk and I don't know if that would happen. Right. You know? Yeah. So no, it's very Irish, and like it's very Irish. I I love Ireland. They're the nicest people. Have you been there? Yes. Do you, I've been do there you find, twice. Do you find that the movie kind of captured the essence of Ireland well, or or no? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'd say so. I, the characters are very much like Irish, and the mm-hmm. movie takes place in Dublin. So like, I got all the same vibes from when I was there, and especially yeah. watching it. This time, more recently, because I went in 2019 the last time. And so it was pretty recent in my mind of, like, how I felt while I was there. But it's, like, you got this very specific brand of, like, Irish kindness. Like, even from the get-go of chasing this guy who just stole all his money. I know. And he still gives him a fiver. (laughs) And what an amazing opening scene, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, so simple. You feel bad for the... Like, you feel bad for both dudes. Yeah. You immediately... Like, I think what's so amazing about that scene is like you immediately know who this dude is. 
yeah. like immediately without having to say anything about them. You know Absolute, what I'm saying? Yes, a hundred percent. Which, it, which <laughs> is like, you know, you know, being a, I took one screenwriting class, and it's like the show don't tell going on in this movie is fantastic. Yes. You know. Yes. 100%. And it yeah. kind of flips in this really elegant way between like verbally telling you what's going on and visually and musically telling you what's going yeah. on. Because there's several times where they're just playing the songs, but that is I, uh, the narrative. Not, not to, you know, divulge too much about myself, but I moved to Los Angeles for a girl and she <gasps> was a singer, songwriter, and she she made it she was a semi-finalist on America's Got Talent. She was an amazing songwriter. And I uh -huh. distinctly remember her saying, like, you know, I, I feel like I'm going to be dating a lot of people because, like, I get a lot of inspiration from relationships. And one of the things she was not good at was expressing her feelings. Mm -hmm. But if you listened to her music, you kind of like, God, Saw I got it. everything from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm sort of, well... I have a hard time. I'm try. I, well, I don't try. I do write serious songs and and, and legitimate. I'm gonna say. I'm not saying music comedy is not legit music, but you know, music yeah. that's not funny, right? Right. Um. And I I find it like when you write these songs, you kind of have to be really introspective about it. You yeah. Know? And um, I don't know who wrote who did he Glenn did Glenn write the music? Let me see. Music by oh, they wrote the music. Right. That's incredible. And it's you know? beautiful. Like, even the first couple of songs, like, I know when they do um, Slowly Falling or whatever yeah. it's called, goosebumps immediately all over my Yo, body. I mean, immediately I was like, like I told you before we started, yeah. I was crying within the first five, ten minutes. I was just like, oh my God. Right. He sings with so much emotion in his voice. Literally. Um, no, I, I love it. And, uh <sighs> It was just like, it's just so great. Yeah. And it's oh, very and then like the Oh, my God. I don't want to give give all too much away. I don't know. Th th do you like preface this podcast by like always saying spoiler alert? Oh, absolutely. If you didn't come prepared for class, I don't, yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah. I mean, that father-son scene at the end. Oh. So first of all, my, my father passed away when I was a kid, right? I was six oh. when he passed away. He was also a musician. He was actually a pop star in Argentina. And... Whoa. You know, he he, uh, he doesn't he's never been alive, obviously, for my career, and he doesn't know what I'm, you know. Mm -hmm. But like the idea of just somebody being proud of you like that, and just I just thought, I mean, I, I immediately cried. It's just like the way the, the way he was just like, he's bloody brilliant, yeah. you know. And he goes, play it again. Stop. Oh, I know. <laughs> Stop. I just, you know. It's so tight. And even the fact that he's like, you know, if you're not going to be okay, like I'll push it by a couple months instead. Like, no, just go. You know, my go. mom is the same way. So my mother is Brazilian and I mm -hmm. have a stepdaddy has Parkinson's. He's had a Parkinson's for maybe like two to three decades now. And he's, you know, he's ill, he's wheelchair bound. And mm -hmm. I'm the youngest and I probably have the most flexible of lives between my two brothers and I. And mm -hmm. if there was anybody who was most capable and likely to help take care of them, it would be me. Mm -hmm. And yet I don't, and I feel really guilty, but my mother is always like, do not, do not stay here. Do not get stuck here. Aww. And I always, you know, I always carry this thing with me. I don't want to get emotional, but like, <laughs> um, like all the stuff I'm doing, you know, trying to make it. And I, I do feel like I've made it, but I really want to be financially in a place where I can take care of them, where they don't have to like take care of each other. You know what absolutely. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of it just kind of hit home. There's like little things there that really like just hit 
hit me, you know? Yeah. Also the single mom. My mom was a single mom for a while. She cleaned houses. She, I just was like a lot of different. I obviously like I'm a musician. I have busked. I know mm-hmm. what it's like. Also the dinner with all the musicians. I've been to things <laughs> like that. Everything about it. Just there's so many things that connected within that film, you know? I was going to say, so it sounds like you were watching it and it was every single scene had something that you were... Something in there. Yeah. You know? I just can't believe he bought her a piano at the end. Oh. <laughs> I, don't you know, I don't know if you know how much a piano is. It's a lot. <laughs> and, the, and the logistics part of my brain is like, man, those guys had to carry that up like a flight or two of stairs. Right. <laughs> I was I was, all, there was all these things. I was like, I, Right. I was thinking You ever be watching too. movies like that? Yes. I'm sorry. I'm like talking over it where you're like... You, you, a part of you just kind of disassociates for a second. It's like, how did they? That seems like it'd be really uncomfortable for them All the to time. do that. All yeah. the time. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like, both of those things of like, okay, he was a struggling musician. 100%. Who is now leaving and using money yeah. to go get a flat. And he's buying her a piano that they now have to bring into her apartment. Can I say that? I have a, I'm, I'm just trying to put fill plot holes within the movie. Yeah. A part of me feels like, he got the loan to record in the recording studio and the mm-hmm. sound engineer through, you know, recognizing amazing talent was like, hey, just have the place for the weekend on the house. Because, you know, that scene, he goes, yeah. oh, I don't know about these pe- these guys. They seem like a bunch of, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, but then they obviously kill it in the recording session. They have this whole wonderful weekend. I could also attest to being in the recording studio. The recording studio is one of the funnest places to be. And one of it the looks most, like it. Yeah. And one of the most creative places to be. Uh, cause the, the, the sense of play and atmosphere and, and, and the joy of creating music is, is just like really, there's some parts of it that are really tedious, but there, I can't really express the feeling of when you come up with like a line or a couplet or a verse that is just so perfect. I mean, I jump out of my seat and I run, I run away and then I run back. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, I mean, so then let me ask you, because this, I feel like this is a movie that is very close to your heart yeah. for many reasons. Is there like a part or a moment in this movie that you gravitate towards the most, like your favorite part? Mm. I know it's a hard question. <laughs> well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of moments that like I see myself in, you know, or like yeah. that, that just see, that felt very familiar with me. But, um, You know that that I don't maybe right off the top of my head that that father son moment was uh was really that was really like touching for me you know yeah uh, to have somebody proud of you like that yeah you know it's and very also sweet. believe in you and like give you permission to do that uh, I just thought first of all it was like a really beautiful moment second of all the guy who played the father just what tremendous acting just like such a such a big moment, but with like such a small amount of acting that happened in that moment. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah, I just, I thought that moment was really beautiful, you know? Yeah. Well, and it, it is because it's very simple and it's, it's very intimate. And the whole movie is very intimate of. Super intimate. Very subtle, very intimate, very just heartwarming, like throughout the whole thing. And also the moments that are truly intimate is, is them showing each other their music, you know, like yes. the lyrics and the things. Like, if you want to listen to it, here it is. Um, you know, because it's scary uh, if you're a creator and you 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 show your, you open up your, it's like your baby. It's like part of you, you know, and you're letting them kind of into that. 
Um, so funny. Last night, I did a show at the Hollywood Improv. Arguably one of the best sets of the night. I was told <laughs> afterwards yeah. through, via DMs and people who saw the people I don't know. And there was this one girl at the show and she was like outside the venue. And the show hadn't ended yet, but she was there with some guy and and she was like a long story short like I didn't know her but she was there with a friend of a friend of a friend who I invited to the show and I got yeah. on the guest list and uh, and I really you know I really did like bring the house down like sometimes I do that room and they like chant one more song you know what I mean yeah so uh, not to toot my own horn but last it, but last toot, night toot. but it was just one of those things even before I went on stage I told the, the, the sound guy Rick I was like you know man because I'm 35 right now and I've been doing mm-hmm. comedy about 15 years and I was just telling him, like, you know, it's kind of... Right literally right before I'm about to go on, I go, you know, it's so, it's so crazy being here. You know, I, I used to watch people on TV and, and watch these people, and I'm, now I'm, like, doing shows with them. and Because, mm-hmm. you know, I've done shows where the lineup is, like, Marilyn Rice Cub. Da- literally, one of the lineups was Marilyn Rice Cub, uh, David Spade, Whitney Cummings, then me, right? So that's, <laughs> yeah. like... So you're So I'm just sort of, like... I'm like, I just can't believe I'm, I'm a paid regular here. And then I go up there. I don't even break a sweat. Have mm-hmm. a tremendous set. So then I'm outside. And I, I go, oh, hey, so you came with my friends? And she's like, yeah. And I said, what do you think? Did you enjoy my show? Do you like you like what I did? And she's like, honestly? <gasps> I was like, I got to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, no. Honestly, like, I kind of, like, the, the first song I didn't like, because so, some of the jokes I kind of heard through memes, you know? And she, like, talked like this. And just, like... I'd already seen memes about it and just like, and I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I told her, I said, you know, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of the memes end up being stolen from stand-up comedians. Like they, right. they, they originate from the comedian. She's like, yeah, I guess it's kind of like, you know, how, you know, BuzzFeed steals the Reddit articles. And I was like, <laughs> I guess, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we're making the same point here, but, right. uh, but, <laughs> You know what? That's on me for asking somebody's opinion. And 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 <laughs> it is a humbling moment because the, despite no matter how well you do, there's always going to be somebody who's, who's got something to say. Right. You know, which is why if you are an artist, a filmmaker, a writer, songwriter, whatever type of art you do, you really do have to know within your soul that you are good at what you do and you believe in the stuff you're making. Uh, because that will continue to happen on a regular basis. Oh, you know? 100%. <laughs> yeah. And, and just to bring it back to what we were saying, intimate moments, like yeah. sharing your art with somebody, you know? Yeah. Um, I know when I share unfinished songs with people, I'm not asking for feedback. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I will ask for feedback when I have finished the song mm-hmm. and if they have any additions, because it's like, sometimes I'll share a song with somebody like, what are you working on? And the, and and I'll be like I don't know I just literally I have an idea I have like one or two lines and I'll yeah and they'll be like you know what you should do and I'll be like I should finish a song is what I should do thank you so much <laughs> let's move on that's because I know answer. all the things I yeah. should do I've been doing all the things I've been doing this a while I know what I got to do with it and then I will ask for advice or right. change <laughs> lyrics and things around you know what I mean hundred percent so. That's what I <laughs> No, it's imagine, a great answer. <laughs> imagine they show that movie once to their friends. Like, what do you think we should do? And they'll be like, well, first, maybe you shouldn't film it on like a VHS tape. <laughs> maybe you should like, get a better camera. Yeah. And it's like, why don't you trust the vision of the director or whatever it is? It almost, right. you know. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, arguably, do you think that movie would have been any better had it been filmed on 
let's say, a camera that... So just for people listening, the budget of the film, according to Wikipedia, was $150,000. And for those of you who don't know, sometimes a camera could cost that money to have on set. Just the camera. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So do you think that that movie could have benefited from, let's say, a red camera being on set or, you know, a Panavision or whatever the frick you want to say? Do you think it would have been better? First of all, that's on my list of questions to ask you, but I'm so well, glad you brought sorry, it Sorry, <laughs> I'm asking the questions now. <laughs> I So here's the thing, and I was thinking about this today. I don't think it would have added anything. And I actually think it kind of detracts from like the European-ness Yes, of the roughness, it. the rawness. Yeah, because Europe is known for kind of pushing boundaries in terms of their content, which I love. Yeah. And and additionally, a lot of their, well, I won't say a lot because I don't know specifics, but a decent amount of the media that I've seen that has come from there, like Shameless, the original Shameless in London, oh, okay. looks exactly like that. I can't get down with that show. I'm so sorry. It's totally fine. It's not for everybody. I just can't <laughs> deal with these, like all these white people dealing with problems. And it's like, the system is like built for you. Like, and yeah. somehow y'all are still messing up. I'm yeah. Like, as, you know, it's just like a son of an immigrant sort of thing. I'm just like, it's just like it bothers me, you know? No, 100%. They make terrible decisions all the <laughs> yeah. time. That is the whole show is they make terrible yeah. decisions that lessons And they're shameless. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. that kind of idea of like making great art with the resources that you have at the time, I don't think a better camera would have made this more heartwarming because it's already very heartwarming and intimate and- yeah. It almost feels like a behind the scenes of the album they're making, you know? You know, and sometimes having to work within limitations probably makes certain things better, yes. you know? Um, I think you'll see people with like a freshman film with a tiny budget absolutely knock it out of the park. And then they get an opportunity yeah. to do a multi-million dollar budget like with tons of money. And then sometimes it like falls flat, right? Mm-hmm. And then people are like, kind of, what what happened? And it was like, sometimes I think people, they might be paralyzed with the amount of uh, choices and things you could do. Like, you know, you went from having a couple lights to having every light at your disposal, right? So now you're like, well, I don't, now I'm kind of confused with how I should tell this because I have a lot of different ways I could tell the story. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's kind of really interesting when you see that happen. Um, Sometimes I have a ton of, as you know, from the beginning of the podcast, I have all this audio equipment. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have, you know, I have sound, sound effects. effects. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have voice auto-tune. I have <laughs> multiple instruments and plugins. And yet, uh, I haven't used any of these things on stage yet. It's just me and the guitar. Yeah. Because the minute I had, I feel like I add these elements in, I start to get really nervous and stressed out because it's like, more things I got to think about. Yeah. Um, there's this famous bass player who I forget his name, but somebody asked him like, why don't you play like the five string bass? And he was like, well, I like just kind of mastered the four string. Four <laughs> strings are all you need. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, why add a string? You know what I mean? So it's sort of like, um, I don't you're like you're like I don't know if a better camera or a bigger budget would have helped that film. The other thing that as we were talking about this, mm-hmm. that kind of struck my fancy. If you look at TikTok now, everything you see on TikTok is lo-fi. And yeah. all the and everything that I don't know how old you are, but the generation that is like 25 or younger, um, 
they do not want to be sold something really polished and uh, that looks like, you know, mm-hmm. it was produced. Yeah. You know, I think during the, I think honestly during the pandemic, I think a lot of TV networks really struggled when people on Twitch kind of exploded or on TikTok exploded and these streamers, people streaming kind of exploded. These YouTubers thrived because they were so used, they're so used to doing stuff on a low budget that looks raw, that looks, you know, fast cuts, literally lavalier mics that are on the yeah. shirt. I mean, when you see those people doing on the street interviews, it's like they're talking, you know what I mean? Tiny microphones. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you, you could release once that whole movie minute by minute on TikTok and it would like go viral. Oh, 100%. Because of the way it looks and the way it sounds. Like I just, f- even that first scene feels like a prank video that you would see on TikTok. You know what I'm no, saying? No, it does. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. And it's absolutely true. And, and, but that's kind of the crazy thing about today's technology is like you could very easily shoot a feature film on your iPhone. Oh, they and, did that. And right. And so it is accessible to everyone now. And it it's it looks better than once, but you I think once has this kind of textured element to it that just kind of gives it that extra little flavor. Yeah. That I don't know if you can replicate with like some of the technology now. Does that make sense? You know, yeah. Do you know what movie you should check out if you haven't is Tangerine? Did you see that movie? Oh, it's on my list of movies to watch. So that director, so I saw that movie, Sean Baker. I mean, he's one of these people that I wrote down, like, I really want to work with this guy. Yeah. He did Tangerine. Then he did uh, Florida State. And then he just did Red Rocket, which, what's his name, just won the Independent Spirit Award for Best Actor in that film. Oh. And he has shot, I believe, all of those films on uh, an iPhone 5S. And he hasn't changed that. Amazing. Like, just crazy. You know, obviously, he has, he has lenses and things like well, that. Well, sure. Yeah. But but even still, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And some of these young young ones are, are really killing the game with their creativity. Oh it's almost discouraging, you know? Right? Like, some of you these know. kids I see out there, I'm just like, I try to make a TikTok, I feel so incredibly old <laughs> and insecure, and we feel insecure right right cuz they 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 grow they grew they grow up with it and they grow up with with no issues of filming themselves or photographing themselves right um i think that's going to be their biggest asset and their biggest obstacle probably because i've already spoken to teenagers all the time like not all the time but every once in a while like i just did a college um I performed at a I performed at colleges a lot, and I did. I performed at a university uh, two weeks ago mm-hmm. in Texas, and this uh, student came up to me and he was like, "I want to do music, but like, do you have any advice?" And you know, he's a young guy. This kid was young and probably like nineteen or twenty. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I was like, you know, don't feel like you got to do this tomorrow. I think uh, the problem with TikTok is that their role models become viral and successes overnight, and they mm-hmm. think like that is the epitome of success when having a thriving career is really what you want because it's like, what what happens when you go viral? You know, then what do you do? And then yeah. what comes after that? Because, you know, yeah. like, are you seeking validation and endorphins and dopamine or are you seeking like a really fulfilling career? And so the, the advice I always give anybody is like, you know, give yourself a timeline, you know, try something for five years, which I know seems like a long time, but it's really not when you're 20. Yeah, no, for you sure. Know? I, I I started comedy at 20 and I gave my I literally gave myself a decade. And I said if in t- if by 30 I haven't started making a living doing this, it's probably we re- we should reevaluate what we're doing. 
Right. Know? Yeah. So they don't do that. They they want it immediately, and I understand that. Yeah. But it's it, it's not going to happen like that. I don't think for most people. Yeah. Well, and I think that's also very prevalent in this movie of like this guy, you can tell has been writing songs for a really long time, but he just hasn't taken that next step towards making it a reality. Like he has this incredible songbook. He just kind of needed that extra push from somebody. And then it just so happened that this woman entered his life and you can kind of see in his, right? (laughs) Have you pushed your partner to do anything spectacular? I'm just kidding. (laughs) No pressure or anything. <laughs> no pressure. Is he going <laughs> to release a platinum album? I, I mean, I'm working on it, man. It's yeah. been a while, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, it, I mean, you can honestly see how excited he is. And to the point where he's like, hey, I have this song. It's too romantic for me. Like, why don't you write the lyrics for it? And she's equally as excited as he is yeah. about the process of just creating music, which I think is one of the great parts about this film. Yeah. Just, uh that music. What did you just say that? I wanted it, something resonated with me that you just said, and I can't, and I was going to talk. I just, I forgot. What were, we, <laughs> what were we just saying? We were just talking about, oh, he's been doing music for a while and that push. That also kind of resonated with me. Like, you know, taking that leap of faith mm. of, uh, I mean, when I switched from stand up to music, I had always been singing for myself, you know? Mm hmm. Um, playing guitar for myself and I never sang for people for the most part maybe like close friends and family because I was like nervous and I was comparing myself to a lot of amazing singers you know of course and so for the first two months when I and by the way when I did switch to music I didn't say I'm a musician and comedian I just was like I'm gonna just try a couple songs for the Mm -hmm. summer and see how it goes and it really went well you know yeah um and when you when I look back on some of those songs, I'm embarrassed because like my first album, I I, I don't I, I'm like you know some of the stuff is a little bit <laughs> in, immature and I'm like yeah. it was like 25 or no this is 2015 so seven years ago okay. so yeah I was like 28 yeah um but that leap of faith is really scary uh and I remember I would like I would be singing on stage and I would I would kind of shake a little bit you know yeah. Oh, I bet. And, and now I go on stage and I, I do something uh, when I, as I walk on that makes me feel like a rock star. So when I do sing the songs, <laughs> I perform a little bit better and I just yeah. sort of like point at everybody in the crowd. I say, no, you. Uh, yeah, just point. <laughs> kind of like I'm walking out on the biggest stage in the world. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to endow my performance with, with the energy of, you know, Glastonbury Festival or sure. whatever it is, you know, you're performing for a hundred thousand people at, at a freaking festival. Um, <laughs> I do that just to boost my confidence to make me not afraid. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like manifesting that energy into 100%. your performance. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I love the music in this. Mm-hmm. And I forgot how much I loved the music in this when I was watching it again. Do you have a favorite song? Well, I was going to also talk a little bit about this, about the music in the mm-hmm. way, why the why is the music special in this and why do we connect so hard to the music? Mm. Um, if you're a music, if you're working in the music industry right now, one of the things your, your team are going to, if you're like with a big, I'm not with a big thing, but one of the things I have friends who are in the industry one of the things they're going to tell you is that it's not enough to just release a good song anymore. Mm -hmm. 
every song has to have a story and like an origin story to it. So when these songs blow up on TikTok, it wasn't because the song was really good. Like there's a song um, uh, that goes A, B, C, D, E, F, U, and your mom. Right? Now, the really fascinating thing about that song is the the girl who put it out, she put on TikTok, hey, y'all, I need help writing a song. Mm-hmm. And somebody commented, hey, what if it was like A, B, C, D, E, F, U, right? Uh-huh. And if you did some research and somebody showed this, it was the marketing person at like Warner Brothers Music who made that comment. Uh. <laughs> so the song was already written and made, right? Right. And then she made a couple TikToks. Well, what if the song had this thing? And obviously you see Charlie Puth on TikTok all the time. What if the song had this thing? What if the song had this thing? So now everybody is part of the process and the story of this hit song. Yo. Right? Okay? Yeah. And that, and that makes the song go viral or… A good example is Russ. I don't know if you know Russ, but Russ is a… He's on TikTok. He's a, he's a rapper and R&B kind of artist. Uh-huh. He does these duet challenges. And this really, really talented musician duetted the song and it blew up, right? This mm-hmm. nobody, I don't want to say nobody musician. She makes really great music, but it blew up. And then everybody was like, you got to drop this. You got to put this out now. You got to put her feature on it. So then he re-released the song and it went, you know, viral. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So the question, you know, like I, w- I wonder if once didn't have such a powerful, strong story behind it, if we would have, you know, loved the music as much. Mm, you know what I mean? That's a great question. Because the story, now when when all these songs have a story with it, it just feels more, you connect more with it. Mm-hmm. And it feels more powerful. You yeah. Know? Um, but to go back to your original question, <laughs> um, that first or second song, the first song that he sings or the song they sing in the, 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 the music store together, mm. um, you know, it was really beautiful. Yeah. Because you see her finding the music and and... And then the first, if you don't play music, it's hard to really explain the feeling of harmonizing with somebody and singing together, yeah, and making something beautiful out of nothing. I I I, I don't know. There's 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 a feeling that if you're, you just won't you can't really understand. Yeah, that's uh, really special. So yeah, well, and yeah. I was kind of curious about that because like I don't I like. I used to play guitar like a really long time ago and then I got acrylic nails. So that doesn't work. And <laughs> you're slaying queen. I'm you're slaying, slaying, but I can't play any instruments. Yeah. <laughs> but like that kind of process always kind of feels a little Hollywood to me only because I can't wrap my head around the fact that like she just picks it up and like knows exactly what. Yeah. So, comes, okay. You know? So they for sh- there was absolutely, you know, rehearsals that went of on. Of course. And for the sake of storytelling, they couldn't really figure out. Um, you know, mm-hmm. now some really, uh, really talented and amazing musicians actually can do that shit. Excuse yeah. Me. I don't know if I forget if this is explicit or not, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, but really amazing musicians can actually do that with no problem at all. Really? I cannot do that. I am not an amazing musician. I'm a great musician, but I'm not an amazing musician. Okay. So I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't hop into a band and they'd be like, can you drop it on the downbeat on the, the root note of the fourth <laughs> chord? I wouldn't know how to do that. However, the one thing I know I can do is sing along to whatever key anybody is playing in so it 
and I could follow the music. Like I just make right. some stuff up. <laughs> uh, but when it comes to actually playing the guitar or playing the piano with somebody, um, that is something I struggle with. So for that sake of the storytelling, I think they probably had a couple of rehearsals with that. I'm sure. That I'm know. sure. But it is very, it's, it's very much kind of puts us in that mindset. And it is interesting to think, because I hadn't thought of that, like if there wasn't, you know, this really great subtle narrative, would we like the music as much? Because yeah. I was trying to think of like what the songs reminded me of, of, of other artists. Yeah. The only thing I could really think of was um, probably the Civil Wars, because they do that like singer-songwriter okay. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking about what the film, you know, speaking to them getting mm-hmm. together. I don't know. I, I'm, I just thought about something like, yeah, the whole movie kind of has t- t- like this, this little tension throughout the whole movie. Kind of the way like TV shows have the will they, won't they get together sort of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. So this movie, that happens the whole movie. Mm-hmm. It's the whole movie that that tension is there. And then it just goes, and spoiler alert, they don't get together. Yeah. Um, but they, they uh, clearly, they I think they love each other, you know? Absolutely. Um, they just let each other go. Um and that tension is sort of never, I don't know if it's kind of released or not, but so, but it goes somewhere, you know? Yeah. And you still, you're still left with that warm, fuzzy feeling at the end. Yeah. And uh, I think it kind of makes it really different from other, I guess, romantic movies or romance movies, you oh, know? Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Eat, Pray, Love or like Under the Tuscan Sun. Right. With, <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a little bit different than that, so. Yeah. Well, and how do you feel about the fact that they don't? end up together um give you closure or no i uh i kind of really love it um and i think it really makes the movie special it's kind of like uh people come into your people what do they say people come into your life for a reason a season or something else yeah and uh you know she came into his life to push him over the edge to really believe in himself you know the girl who i moved here for who broke my heart came into my life to bring me here and yeah. have my career here. Um, you know, it's, uh, the outlook isn't so uh, grim about it, mm. you know? Yeah. And I wouldn't be so sad. I mean, I am I a little bit upset that he gets back together with the girl that, you know, cheated on him? Right. <laughs> a little bit, you know, but then again, maybe that relationship will change and evolve too, you know? I, I uh, There's a lot of things it says about personal relationships that I think is not like for something for a movie that's billed, I think as a romance, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. Um, it kind of debunks the romance, uh, archetype of yeah. these films, you know? Yeah. Well, it's definitely, does that, does that make sense? Am I making sense? Absolutely. No, it's, yeah. it's not like a trope, right? They kind yeah. of flip it of like, they're supposed to be together, but it ends up being more of like a platonic love for each other by sometimes the end. Sometimes you don't end up with them. Right. And sometimes yeah. you do have to go your separate ways because that's yeah. what life says. You yeah. know? Yeah. I honestly really like it too because I do have conflicted feelings that he's like going back to London for this girl. But I like to think that like he knocked on her door and she was also terrible again. So he was like, well, I'm going to live my life and put out my music, you know? Yeah. But we'll never know. We won't, we won't, we won't ever know. And unless they do a sequel called Twice, 
<laughs> which is what the which is what it would be called. It would have to. <laughs> and then the, and then the trilogy would be third times a charm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. My tickets yeah. are paid for already. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh man. What else we got on the questionnaire? Did we go through all of them or what? I mean, I'm not rushing you at all. No, I just want to make no. sure I give you I enough. mean, we're getting close. When I do podcasts, when I, do po- I want to give you enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's already been pretty special. And I know we're getting yeah. kind of close to the end of our time. Um, yeah. But we've gone through all the questions on my list. I just, I just really like this movie and I forgot yeah. how much I liked it, which was always, which just It's a really joy. hard to find issue with it. And if you're somebody yeah. who watches it and you're like, I don't like this, then you're a terrible person. You have no soul. You have no heart. <laughs> you've never experienced love or you're afraid mm-hmm. of it. And you hate music. So I don't <laughs> really, because it, it's like, it has the subtlety of a, of a I want to know, I want to pull up other movies that like, Ha, like where the music isn't contrived. Mm. Um, that was one. Straight out of Compton, Wedding Singer. Uh, I feel like there's more. There's just there's got to be so many more. <laughs> I, I didn't see that movie yesterday. I heard it was really terrible. Which one? You know the movie yesterday, the one where the guy wakes up oh, and the Beatles never existed. Yes. Um, I wouldn't say it's terrible. You saw it. I did see it. A while ago. I appreciate the thought. Oh, here's another one that's like that, that yes. I just pulled up, is Sing Street. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Oh my God, you <laughs> absolutely <laughs> must watch it immediately. It is like the feel-good movie of the year, not of this year, but when it came out, yeah. I think it also takes place in Ireland. Oh, um, it's it like glorifies eighties rock music. Oh, um, I'm in. I'm in. It, and it's just like, <laughs> and the music once again, it isn't contrived. You, I, got to go back and watch that movie. Right. <laughs> it's so good, and I, and it's just so it's just so fun. I'm excited. Uh, and you will be excited. I'm so glad you haven't seen it. I'm trying to see if there's <laughs> anything else. There's this other movie called Begin Again that keeps popping up anytime I fly. It's yeah, with Mark it's- Ruffalo and. What's her name? Kira Knightley? Kira Knightley. Yeah. And I think it has the same vibe as yeah. but I don't I'm just afraid to watch it because I don't it's want it to be the same. Bad. It's not the same. I was did thinking you, you about that. I did a long time ago and I remember liking it. But yeah. I was thinking about it while I was watching this movie because it it has the same kind of elements to it of yeah. like here's a singer-songwriter, she's making an album and Crazy Heart. Did you see Crazy Heart? I have not seen Crazy Heart. With uh, Jeff Bridges? No. Okay, so Crazy Heart. (laughs) Put that on your list. Okay. Uh, Crazy Heart, A Star is Born. Uh, Obviously, the Mm -hmm. the most recent one was was amazing. Yeah. Um, What I'm looking at this list, I basically just wrote like movies like once. Mm. Um, Frank actually was really good. That was kind of an indie film too. Did you see Frank? I did not. Frank I'm, was great because here's these are movies that you'll like if you liked once. Yes, I think so. I'm in it. And then uh, any movie essentially that was a biopic, like uh, Walk the Line. Oh, um, great movie. Uh, Ray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That thing you do? Are you kidding me? Oh man, that's a great movie. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yes. And like these movies, the way they incorporate music is just so great. Absolutely. Um, and it's so hard to not like it because the music is great. Um, 
what else? What else? I'm looking at other stuff here. But, oh, did you ever see? Um, it's a little different, but did you ever see Across the Universe? I feel like I watched a little of it, and then I, I think I dipped out of it. Yeah, not your. Or maybe ride. I didn't. It was just a little bit, uh, you know. It's a little bit more on the musical side, I'd say. But I'm a huge no. Beatles fan, so I was like, I'm in it. You were, you were, you were on. You were I was in, on it. You were yeah. in it to win it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Crazy. By the way, Crazy Heart. I think Jeff Bridges won the Academy Award for that. So really. Yeah, I, I highly recommend. It's on the list. Um, I'm doing it. Yeah, any musical biopic is great. I just saw. Oh, I saw the biopic of uh, the one with the uh, the King Richard. Wonderful. Really. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I like knowing that it has a happy ending because it does. So yeah. I already know. Like, I don't have to worry about anything <laughs> tragic really happening. Uh-huh. You know, I know kind of in the end that everything worked out. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at these other movies. These are all biopics. Let's see. Comedies. Movies about singing. Okay. <laughs> no, literally. Movies about... You just Google that. Oh. Um, what else? I'm looking at some other options. I never saw Moulin Rouge. So. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Pe- yeah. Visually. Baz Luhrmann. Oh, yeah. And it, it is a musical, though, so I'm not sure if it's... If it's in your vibe, but it has all those like classic movie musical elements to it. Yeah, I think you got to watch Crazy Heart and Sing Street. Those okay. are the ones you got to watch. All right, those are my recommendations. Put those Perfect. on your your like. <laughs> They're on my list. Throw- yeah. They're on yeah. my list. <laughs> God, Star Star is Born is so great too. Oh, it was so good. I can't. So, um, I, I haven't watched it a second time because I, I feel like I'm. It's too stressful. It's too sad. It's very sad. And realistic. Yeah. For sure. I mean, so we're almost at the end of our time together. And so I wanted to, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. This has been delightful. Yeah. And also, you know, where can we find you? Where, what are you doing? Tell us everything we need to know about what's coming up for you. Yeah. uh, I don't know when this is going to be released, but uh, this year I'm planning to release my next hour long special. Amazing. Um, basically ready to go. I've gone through a couple of drafts with it and written some new songs that I'm really happy about. Um, happy to share one with you on the podcast if you want. Amazing. There's no pressure to do that. <laughs> um, I, uh, I am going to this, I'm going to the Fringe Festival in Scotland this summer, uh, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I have my own venue. It's 42 seats. It's a small room uh, for an intimate show. I, th- I thrive in an intimate setting. So I wanted a really small space that had yeah. air conditioning at the hottest time of the day. So hopefully people buy tickets right. to see the show. <laughs> Smart. Uh, yeah. And um, that's the main thing. And who knows what else? I'm just touring, doing colleges a lot. Um, this is kind of odd, but I like booked a job as a spokesperson for this company called Ring Central. So you might see me pop up on commercials for a Zoom-like company. Kind of like, you know how Flow has progress, Progressive has Flow yeah. and AT&T has Lily, the AT&T girl? Yeah. Um, I'm like, Zach. Hey! <laughs> so, um, I don't know the longevity of it, if it's going to go the distance, but I will be doing commercials for this thing. Amazing. So. Well, that's exciting. But keep an eye out. And, um, yeah, I, I, that's what I would say. And, of course, you you're know. on the Instagram and the TikTok. Yeah, I, you know, IG, TikTok. I just say Google me and mm-hmm. look and, and whatever platform suits you best. And then I have my comedy special that you could watch on YouTube. Yes. Um, which is available. It's like 51 minutes. If you watch it on YouTube, there are commercial breaks. I apologize. 
Um, but uh, that is because my music is copyrighted, so I don't really know how to like put it on there without that. So right, worth yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, again, thank you so much. Thanks and for having me. This was a lovely conversation. This Hopefully was a I didn't lovely. Talk over you a lot. No, this was a lovely mm-hmm. conversation, and you're welcome back anytime if you'd like to discuss other movies that you would like. Yeah, you know, I'm hecka busy, but uh, I would love to. Maybe we'll do maybe we'll do like a like a Marvel a cheesy one, but yeah, I don't know. next I season those. I re- for those sure. Those are my happy places, and also I I rewatch just uh, reruns of Star Trek and also the movies. <laughs> well, amazing. Well, I mean, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been delightful. We'll talk about Star Trek next time. Yeah, and yeah, just thank you so much. It's been great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Scott Pophiliacs. It's your boy Morgan J. About to get out of here. You've been a lot of fun. This is my impression of a minion if they did freestyle rap. Yeah. 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 All right. I'll, and I'll talk to you next time. And if you're ever in LA with your fiance slash husband, come to uh, come to a show. I'll just get you some tickets to a show. You come hang out. I'm in for that. Absolutely. (laughs) All right, cool. Another huge thank you to Morgan J for coming on the show and talking about one of his favorite films, Once. Now, I have loved this movie for a really long time. I do not think to watch it enough. So it was honestly such a delight to kind of revisit this beautiful ultimately platonic relationship between two very creative people. And I have been listening to the soundtrack nonstop. I'm not going to lie. So if you haven't already, you know, go ahead and follow Morgan on his socials. He's absolutely hilarious. His new special, he's starting to kind of tease a couple songs that are coming out, including uh, Split the Check, which just came on my Instagram Instagram the other day, which I'm so in love with already. I'm so excited for him. Uh, and since you're already at Instagram and TikTok following, you might as well follow us too. Of course, we have an Instagram page at scopophilia underscore podcast where I do all of my updates and announcements and things going on with the show. So make sure you are following us there for all of the current notifications about what's going on in the show and who's coming on next and what film we're talking about. Additionally, we do have a TikTok page at Scopophilia, the podcast, uh, where I post fun little videos every so often just to... uh, make you all laugh just a little bit. I'm working on it. I promise. (laughs) Additionally, we do also have merchandise that you can buy, uh, which have the show logo on it. And they're awesome. I wear mine all the time. Uh, We have hats, we have tote bags, we have shirts. Uh, The link for it is in my Instagram bio, but you can also go to ncpodcasts.com slash scopophilia. That is our online show page. It has everything you need to know. Plus, the link for merch. Uh, It's a great gift for the scopophiliac and movie lover in your family uh, because we love to keep the conversation going. And what better way to do that than to connect online? So let me know what you guys are thinking of the new season because I am thriving. I am having a great time already. We're only on episode two. As always, I'm your host, Becky Teller, leading the millennial movie movement here on Scopophilia. And I'll see you all next Friday.
Bye.